Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome to this week's episode. Oh, Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers Touch Down Under. I'm Matt Peverell, and I'm not joined by my co-host, Mark Davison. Where's Marky D? He's not here this week, guys, but he will be back next week. However, I've brought, I've traveled in time. As you know, we come from the future to you live to join us in the present. I'm bringing in a bit of a Steelers Vertex time continuum and welcoming our two special guests for today's show, Dave Schofield. Dave, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Matty P? I'm doing good. And of course, Jeffrey Benedict, the other partner in crime to Steelers Vertex. How are you, Jeff? Doing good, man. Awesome to have you guys here. So you've been through that like sort of hyperspeed and stuff. Hope you've still got all your senses together. Uh, ready to join this one as we kick off today's show, which is really around why the Steelers past impacts their present and future. So today's show, we'll keep all the regular things that we always do. So that's, you know, our sling and the slang. We'll do a bit of Q&A and what have you. But really, I thought it was really interesting in that Dave and Jeff have never since they've started these Vertex pieces done an audio side and with and with mark off this week i thought what better because they're really interesting these vertex articles and if you haven't caught them i i really encourage you to go back to behindthestillcurtain.com one-stop shop for all things pittsburgh steelers that's who we're affiliated with and really look at some of these articles that look at the film and the stats and put it all together and give you a bit of an outtake so i know there's a few more to come at least over the next couple of weeks that they've teased with me which is great um, but what better to bring them into that into that live show? So welcome to this week's episode. And we've got a lot of regulars already joining. Snowman, Jared Devil, Boobash, Felicia's in there. 
Dave. Hey, Felicia. Awesome. Um, Portner's in there. He often throws up some great questions. So, look, great to have you all live with us as, as I join you from this Sunday morning in the future and we join you evening time, Eastern Standard Time on the East Coast. So, look, guys, been a massive week for the Steelers and I think it probably no one's missed out on that news about Big Ben's contract. But as I put a, quite a couple of questions to Jeff um, two weeks ago when he joined the show, is there anything about... Ben's, you know, um, the, the sort of the renegotiated contract this week that stuck out, stuck out to you, I should say, that hasn't really been covered or addressed, or that you really wanted, you know, our listeners to be thinking about. Dave, um, I, I like this news because I am still rolling with it with articles at the website. It gives tons of content, which is fantastic. I have a Ben Roethlisberger article coming out tomorrow. I have another one in my brain for Monday. Bunch of different things to talk about. Um, numbers that would be good for him. Um, I kind of a little bit, I'll, I'll tease this a little bit, a little bit controversial. What I have tomorrow is that um, Steelers might want to not handle Ben Roethlisberger in the same way in years past, meaning that if, if he's a little dinged up, setting him out for a game or two during the regular season might be better than having him push through to make sure you have it. I, I, I'm going to throw some thoughts out there with that one for tomorrow, but love the contract. Uh, I had an article out today that was talking about, you know, some people are like, oh, now there's still dead money the, the following year. It's so much better than what it would have been if Ben would have hung it up after this season. I compared it to other past quarterbacks. The biggest thing that I like is that it was going to cost the Steelers 22 and a quarter million dollars if Ben did not play this year. It's only costing them an extra $3.66 million in 2021 for him to play this year. So that's my favorite number of them all. Yeah, and I think that that's you've hit the nail on the head there, whether people you know, and there is an element of the fan base out there that's a bit, are we, you know, is Ben, is Big Ben going to deliver for us? But as you say there, you, and the Steelers, particularly this year of all the years with the cap, afford to have 22.25 million just sitting there on the table not doing anything. And I think that's the, that's the consideration out there for people that aren't necessarily all in on Big Ben coming back. But what about you, Jeffrey? I found it incredibly interesting, the Steelers using void years in a contract. That's something we have never seen. It was... Something it was so far down the list of things that I was like, things the Steelers won't do, you know, A, B, C, D. It was way down that list is something I just assumed. Like hearing about uh Drew Brees this year and the craziness with his contracts just to try and get out from under all the dead money from void years that they've done. And now the Steelers are doing it. That was shocking to me. Um, and it's gonna be very interesting to me if Ben doesn't hang it up after this season because then you're talking about a brand new contract with $10 million of dead money to start. And that's, that means you're not doing a one-year deal. That means you're doing multiple year deals. Like if they want to bring him back, then they've got to do a multiple year deal where they can keep next year's low. It's, it's going to be interesting. And it feels to me like a one and done, like Ben, we're giving you another year, but you need to hang it up after that kind of a deal. You're going to say something, Dave? Yeah, I, I wanted to add, add on to that because you're spot on because Ben Roethlisberger is a free agent following the season because he doesn't have a, a base salary as part of his contract. And I thought they might just throw in a, a base salary 
um, just to have it because you you could do it and you're never going to have to pay him if he retires. So I thought they might actually do it. I think the reason they didn't is because agreeing on what that would be. Because if you want it really low, just in case that's and you know Ben ends up being MVP and Super Bowl champion and all that stuff and wants to keep going, then he's locked in at a really low rate. But if everything falls you know, falls out from underneath them and the Steelers had him for another $10 million base salary, then you're dealing with that. And obviously they could have released him and things like that. I thought they would at least throw those numbers in, but I think they just didn't want to negotiate them. But if I understand it correctly, these void years are tricky. Um, I think it's possible that if Ben were to come back and do a new deal, that if he leaves, all the void year money comes in when he goes. But if he stays, I think it still stays spread out for the years yeah. that he's here. Yeah. I understand yeah. properly. That was my understanding so, as well. Yeah. yeah. So, but you know what? That's that's 2022's problem. Let's just worry yeah. about 2021. No, that is that is interesting though, because that kind of makes this uh new contract of his with air quotes uh a prove it deal. Yeah, like this is a one-year prove it deal where they're saying, Do you where are you? Are you gonna bounce back and be, you know. Peyton Manning from 2013. Are you going to be that guy's leading the league in all kinds of stats? Or are you going to be done? So that's that's an interesting that really brings up an interesting point on that contract. Well, and and for me, the and the point that you guys have highlighted there that's an interesting storyline is it as it raises two questions for me is or, or one point and one and, and one question. And the first point is that it to me it looks it's it's very much at Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin. Like, you know, want to get that last bit out of Ben. They're all in on winning. You know, it's not just about the multiple years. It's looking straight forward in the future. Like, and we're seeing what they're doing with the cap. You know, it sticks with what the Steelers always do. We don't, you know, sacrifice a year to win in the future. You know, it's it's all about now. Equally, though, I find it very interesting in terms of they've given Ben a, a one-year prove-it deal. And it's like, well, Ben, hang on. If it's not enough, you will be, you know, th- th- that's it. That's it. It's all well and done. So, the interesting take there is if people think, and, and you know, Kevin Colbert obviously is a lot closer to retiring than Mike Tomlin, but I actually think it potentially shows a lot of longevity in both Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert's time at the Pittsburgh Steelers mm-hmm. as well, because they're thinking a little bit longer term. That's just the, one of the things that sort of stuck out for me. The other interesting thing that I wanted to get both your takes on was JJ Watt, just quickly. Obviously, he signed with the Arizona Cardinals this week, and, and I, I, I was happy to call that one, but... I thought it was interesting how much money the Steelers tried to come up with to get him, like just how hard they made a play at it. Was it a surprise for you, Dave? Uh, for me, it was. I, I'm, I think I've differed a little bit with this with Jeffrey. It's funny because people are like, "Oh, he was, you know, was he a real good fit?" Yeah, the Steelers could have used him, but look at how much money they already have tied up at that position, and that's the thing. You can't tie up so much more of your salary cap and money being paid at that position. Cause then you have to go cheap somewhere else. And the Steelers already go cheap on running back and wide receiver. That's how they make other things work. So th- then you're going to have to start going. I mean, right now they're cheap on safety because they're, because they're on rookie deals. They're kind so, of cheap on quarterback as well. Well, on, on quarterback. Well, yeah, now, well, I, I, well, now yeah, they are, but yeah. Cause like last year, everyone's like, Oh, then Steelers need to spend all this much more money on another backup. I'm like, they're kind of maxed out with what they should be spending on a quarterback right now to to have another guy that you don't want to have step on the field. So that's a whole different issue. But I, 
if it was going to be that much money, I did not, I was not interested in the Steelers making that deal. I would have, it would have been for a cool story, but the cool story isn't worth that much money. Yeah. So what exactly what how was I did I missed the story where this where they talked about how much the Steelers went for? Him. Yeah, I, I didn't hear a value of what the Steelers offered. The uh, report that I saw was roughly about that ten million mark for this year. That's what I had impact. I, I said that I I said that with uh, Michael Beck that I would go ten million, possibly twelve million, uh, for JJ Watt. Uh, and Dave, I hear what you're saying about investing that much in a position, mm-hmm. but that's defensive line. Yeah. That's your front, and J.J. Watt would have taken this team to a whole new level. Uh, but, you know, he makes so much sense in Arizona. That's what I thought looking at it. It was like he makes so much sense in Arizona because if you got one pass rusher, you got a pass rusher. But if you have two, you have something special. Well, and they've I, got – I I don't know if they're going to release uh, Cameron Jordan, uh, but Hassan Reddick was getting sacks for him. Like, they've got people there. J.J. is going to add to that. He's going to be able to move around in the way they play defense, and I think he's a great fit there. I think, Maddie, you you called it right. He's he's going to be a great fit there. Well, that's it. When I saw Chandler Jones there, and I was looking at their cap, that and it was, and for all the listeners out there, it was funny when he got released. It was about five a.m. my time. I was up with the dog, and and I was looking at it, and I was like, hey. And I sort of went through the cap, and I looked at people that were on the fringe, and I was and I was sort of sitting there, who are the people that can a afford him that need the other that other side on their pass rush. And where it makes sense that they could be in that mix. And I think you'll see a lot from the Cardinals in terms of what plays they make to be really in contention this year, particularly when you look at some of the sea, the turmoil that people like the Seahawks might be in. So I think it's interesting from that perspective. But look, we've got our first super chat for this week's show. So it's from Dave Shipley there, $5 in the tip jar. That's five US. Um, it's a prove it year, 100%. Great to finally catch a live chat. Been watching replays. Tell bad hi, bad hi. <laughs> Great to have you here, Dave Shipley. <laughs> awesome. Well, let's move into our into our next segment. And so this is kind of special. I mean, I feel really privileged that we've been able to get this together. I know Dave and Jeff were, you know, it's it's great to have them here at this time and, and taking time out of their day when they do so much else for BTSC, but really an audio version of a bit of Steelers Vertex. I think it's a really interesting one for us to be able to do this week. So the first player that I wanted to bring up in part one, and we'll look at another player in part two, um, is Joe Hayden. Because Joe Hayden has been an interesting subject of, I guess, some fan or, or speculation from me, other media sites and pundits around, will, will he get cut? Will that cap number, you know, there's $7 million there. You know, what are they going to do with Nelson, Hilton and Sutton off contract and what have you? And I know both Dave and Jeff are big fans of Hayden and, and equally – have insights into Hayden. For some of us, perhaps we're just like, look, Hayden's a plus 30-year-old quarterback, uh, cornerback, doesn't validate that money. So I thought, what two better people to discuss why he's crucial to the Steelers' defense and equally why the Steelers might look to keep him a bit longer term. Dave, I might kick it off with you. All right. Well, I'm going to be 100% honest. and There is... There is somebody out there that can very much sway my opinions of different players when it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they use film to make this point. And that person is one Jeffrey Benedict. <laughs> I mean, he is actually, when we do this stuff together, sometimes I, I feel a certain way, but Jeffrey, he lays this stuff out to where I'm all of a sudden like, 
Oh yeah, that's even more. And like things that I that, that I sometimes it's validating things that I think that I see, and sometimes it's oh I didn't see it this way. But when you looked at Joe Hayden, it he's got the number two cap hit on the Steelers right now. That's the problem. That fifteen point five seven five million for twenty twenty one is is not a good thing to have to be dealing with. And people look at that and they're like, oh, well, you could save $7 million by cutting him. I'm like, but you're going to change so much of what you do with your defense. Even this week, because I'm, I'm just trying to set this up for Jeffrey. Even this week when we were studying Vince Williams on our on our Steelers Vertex at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, that the, 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 one, the one play that he showed just showed a difference of not having Joe Hayden just affecting Vince Williams. So there's so much that I think both the corners for the Steelers that Jeffrey has laid out so well with his film stuff. And we've tried to look at the stats with it. It's tough to justify the numbers of the salary cap. That's why I like the idea of extending both of these players, but Jeffrey can really get into what they both bring that makes the Steelers able to do what they do. And and I'll just jump in there as well. I, the other thing I think with Joe Hayden is that people are misled, I think, a little bit by his interception count as well. So he's not someone that's going to get eight to 10 interceptions per year. That's not necessarily the role that, that like teams look out for him. And I think even myself, Mark asked me a question in this new question mark segment that we run that we run on this show which will be back next week for everyone where he pulls up a player and he sort of say, says will he make the hall of fame and, and i suggested that he might not and and it does come down to a little bit to that interception number because but that's perception it doesn't necessarily show the value that he provides to a defense but yeah jeff jeff your thoughts okay so when i do my film rooms i try to stay as objective as possible right uh, one of the nice things about doing this show is i don't have to be uh, i go a little more into this uh they moved Bud Dupree and TJ Watt. They swapped their sides, right? TJ Watt went off, all that stuff. TJ Watt and Stefan Tewitt are better fit. Cameron Hayward, Bud Dupree are better fit. Let me give you another reason they did that is Joe Hayden. In 2017, in TJ Watt's rookie year, before they swapped sides, the side to Bud Dupree and Joe Hayden was the number one in the NFL for plays going to the right that were not deep passes, short passes to the right and runs to the right. The Steelers were number one. They were 27th on the left-hand side going to, at that time, 2017, Artie Burns and all, you know, and, and TJ Watt as a rookie. They swapped them and they leveled out. They leveled out and both sides were good at the run. Joe Hayden is a phenomenal run defender. If you if you saw my uh, Watt and it post there was a play the Ravens ran they got Vince Williams out of the box they got Stefan Tuitt trapped inside they had TJ Watt going after the quarterback who makes the tackle on an off tack on a cut that basically makes an off tackle run it's Joe Hayden like he is a phenomenal run stopper he's a phenomenal coverage guy you can put him in cover three and he will lock down deep you can put him in short coverage he will lock that down you can put him on the majority of receivers in the NFL on an island and he's still going to be able to cover them I, I, I said before, I love every year when they have Joe Hayden cover some like young, ridiculously athletic rookie receiver, and the guy can't get past Joe Hayden. And if you watch the close-ups and stuff, he's got his arm in. He's got little arm bars. He's got little moves in. He's got that old man savvy. I, I used to play basketball, and I'd love when you play basketball against a guy who's like 60 
who had played basketball a long time, his athleticism is gone. And I would be like, I'm like 18. I'm like, I'm going to smoke this guy. And I couldn't do anything. And I'm just like, dude, what's the with the elbow in my side? And you just <laughs> knocked my arm off the ball. Like, what are you doing? He's like, what, the, what, you can't handle it? And I was like, <laughs> that's Joe Hayden. Joe Hayden is that old dude who knows all the tricks. And you just can't beat him. You can't. And so Joe Hayden to me is, if you do the most valuable players on this defense, for me, Joe Hayden is number one. And it's close. Like I I go back and forth. Is it Minka Fitzpatrick or Joe Hayden most important on this defense? And it's close to me because it's probably Minka. Honestly, it's probably Minka Fitzpatrick, but Joe Hayden is right there. Right there is the next player because you take him off the field and so much falls apart. Dave brought up the inside linebackers. It wasn't just Robert. It's Robert Spillane. It's Vince Williams. They put him on that side for a reason because Joe Hayden doesn't just cover for them. He destroys those little routes that would make take advantage of linebackers on 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 wide receivers, he destroys them. He takes them the other way. You just can't throw those. And if you look at when he gets those interceptions, it's against either a backup or a young guy who just doesn't know better. And they're like, "Oh, look, that guy's open." And then Joe Hayden's going the other way, and you're just like, "Yeah, you can't throw that, man. That's Joe Hayden. I love him. Uh, he like the Steelers. If you don't like the cap hit, extend him, sign him for longer, pay him whatever you have to pay him." Uh, he's probably not going to make the Hall of Fame, but he should. He's phenomenal. And, and Dave, for me, it was really interesting on Pro Football Reference um, that that you and I had both spent probably quite too much time on. But yes, <laughs> when I went back and looked at, and, and you know this from a Stephen Nelson article I did mm-hmm. last year, when it comes to cornerbacks, I love going in and looking a bit beyond the stats into, you know, sort of how many yards have let up per pass and, and what have you. But to think uh, they've been running uh, this category for about three seasons now. And to think that his quarterback rating, so the, the rating that the quarterbacks have had when they're throwing Joe Hayden's way on a minimum of, you know, 25 targets over across the season is less than 76 for that quarterback rating. I mean, you know, quarterbacks are avidly, if they're not avoiding him, they're making mistakes by going to him, as, as Jeff said there. But I can sort of spit out that stat, Dave, but, do you want to give a bit more context into what that actually sort of means in terms of the Steelers with cornerbacks? Because I know what that means for opposing teams in terms of what they need to be thinking about when they're coming up against that Steelers secondary. Well, it's it's kind of like the second half of 2019 Minka Fitzpatrick effect. That they're like, oh, what happened to all the stats with Minka in the second half of the season? And they fell off and everything else. Would you know why? When a player is that good, you have to scheme around them. And I don't think people realize how many different people that you have to scheme around on the Steelers defense. You have to pay attention to TJ Watt up front. You have to pay attention to Cameron Hayward. Now last year, Stefan Tuitt's making you pay attention to him. Then you're having to pay attention to Mika Fitzpatrick. Then you're having to pay attention to Joe Hayden. Then you've got Steven Nelson doing, you know, we talked about he didn't have the same numbers that he had in 2019 when he was basically equivalent to Stefan Gilmore other than interceptions, but that's because they, Jeffrey pointed out they had him doing more. So he actually did more and probably possibly even played better, but it, it's not always about the numbers. It's because the, what teams have to do. I mean, think about it. We broke it down in a vertex right after the Bills game. The Bills came out, scored two touchdowns on their first possession of the second half after being shut down in that first half. All they did was put their best receiver on the other side of the field so we didn't have to go against Steven Nelson and Joe Hayden was out. That's what they did. 
until the Steelers adjusted. Jeffrey's the one who came up with this. So I'm just stealing his thunder right now. But it just goes to show that you have to plan around. They have so many defenders you have to plan around that it's really difficult to realize that, oh, well, so-and-so might not be getting the numbers. That's because sometimes you just have to say, we can't let Mika Fitzpatrick kill us. We can't let Joe Hayden come in and make that interception like he did. I mean, Kyler Murray in 2019 was the was the one he he set up for that. Am I right, Jeffrey? Mm-hmm. That um that you know you said that that young quarterback that, that he can do that for. So there's a lot. That's why I love get looking at Jeffrey's film because I do so much numbers. Then he just brings it so much more to light. You know, it's funny you bring up that interception there against the the Cardinals in 2019. That was on my trip to the U.S. where I got to go to my first Steelers game. And I'm sitting in this, I was sitting in this bar. We'd flown into San Diego. So we've flown in when you come from Australia. Often you fly into L.A. You get there about 6 a.m. in the morning. We'd gotten a car. We'd driven down to San Diego from there. Rocked up the closest um, sort of barbecue, sort of bar was sort of, that uh, was near our hotel was there. It was actually at the Saints, like, home bar i guess in san diego and so i i walked in and you know was sat down and the, the the saints were playing what have you and i, I quietly said to the lady at the, the one of the wait stuff i was like do you, do you think i might be able to get this screen over here that's next to me this small one that no one's sitting around the steelers game anyway joe hayden makes that pick and a few people came up and they're like you don't realize one of the one of these guys sitting at the table next to me is like hayden is so good for you guys like we would love to have him in our team and and I think that's just really interesting that when you put that sort of time continuum vertex that we're talking about there, that, you know, you've even got this from other fans. And, and you know, Joe Hayden, I think it's surprising for some people when you sit there and look at it. When I went back on his season last year, you know, we know he started and played 14 games. He was a top six tackler for the Steelers, and he didn't even play a full season of games. You know, so when you talk about what you're saying there in the run game, you know, you know Jeffrey there, it's, it that sort of shows up. But equally... And, and it's been brought up, I think Ezra there in the live chats met and Hilton, met, met, mentioned Hilton. We've got two other key cornerbacks that are off that are off contract this this offseason. Mark Hilton, Cameron Sutton. What I, I guess this is the thing where people are sort of saying with Joe Hayden's contract in this seven million that you can save, is it enough to keep both of them? Probably not, but it might get you close there. So I guess G, Dave, Jeff, j- jump in here, but how is this, how is Joe Hayden's role going to potentially change or how is the impact that he's going to have become even more important if you lose one of these two players? You want me to I'm go first let, on that? I was going to let Jeffrey go on this one. Okay. Um, see, Cameron Sutton to me is more of a Steven Nelson. He is not Steven Nelson. Uh, I know there's a lot of people, we're, we're Cameron Sutton fans, right? He is probably the best fourth number four cornerback in the league. Uh, But when you move him to number two, he's all right. Right. He is not Steven Nelson. Uh, There's a lot of people thinking, you know, we could cut Joe Hayden. We could cut Steven Nelson. We can start Cameron Sutton for cheaper. You don't want that. Cameron Sutton isn't that guy. Cameron Sutton, honestly, to me, is a luxury. He is that guy that you, man, you love to have him, but he's not someone you need because he doesn't fill a position that is that important, right? Uh, what Cameron Sutton has value in is getting Minka Fitzpatrick out of deep zone. He has value in uh, picking up tight ends. He, he, he's very versatile, but his versatility is focused in, in deeper coverage and in like deep zone. 
he is phenomenal deep. He's like, I keep saying deep because that's his specialty, man. Uh, watching him out of college, I always said, like, if you want someone who just plays the ball and plays routes, Cameron Sutton's phenomenal. When it gets to the physicality, not so great. I'll let you look at that. You want me to answer that? I'll, I'll answer it if you don't want to. Go, I'm gonna go, leave you, it go. To you two do the articles, but I'm no yeah. scientist. Either, there we go. So. There it is. Go okay. Dave. All right. So this when we when we're talking about Steelers Vertex, this was an article series that Jeffrey and I started. Do you remember when we started it? It was during the season this year. I can't remember what our first one was. Um, I can't either. I'd have to look that up. I'm going to do that. You go ahead. I'll look it up. Uh, okay. It was just an idea that I had. I was like, hey, why don't I take some stats and you show some film that backs them up or you come up with a film and I'll do some stats that back them up. Now, sometimes we're even working independently, but it's a, it's an article series that we do. They come out generally on either Tuesday or Wednesday, depending on how things are going on the website at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, <laughs> sorry, I have to say it every time. It's like Je Jeff Hartman has it ingrained into my brain to do that. Um, so it's an article. We talk about it. We called it, Jeffrey came up with the name Vertex, which is funny because some people wanted to argue with it. I'm like, if you look at what, what's a vertex in mathematics, it is, it is a point where two lines cross. Like um, you could look at line segments, they come to a point or rather lines, they, you know, they, they cross in a vertex. So I'm looking at the stats line. He's looking at the film line. And at the end, we have the point. What's the whole point of the whole thing? And we just break it down. Check it out on the website. It's a lot of fun. Well, well, Rhino Tool says that vortexes are more fun than vertexes. <laughs> that might just be him enjoying the sci-fi. So <laughs> I tend to agree. Uh, classic. And Dave Shipley throws another $5 in the tip jar there and says, thoughts on Pierre Lane, Godspeed, BTSC. Uh, I'll throw it to you guys on this one, but I mean, I mean, Lane's a depth piece for me at this point in time. Pierre, you know, let's see. And I think a preseason is helpful for Pierre this year if we can get one. But, but Dave, Jeff? Dave, you can go first because I'm going to jump down a rabbit hole on this one. Okay. Well, my thing is Justin Lane hasn't, you know, I'm, I'm waiting to, you know, I mean, he played zero defensive snaps as a rookie, which I thought was perfect for him because they said they needed some time. In when he had, he's at times he's played well, and at times he has not at all. Um, don't want to get into that too much because if you call out his play too much, you might get contacted on social media. Um, <laughs> We love you, Jeff Hartman. Um, but but when it comes to Pierre, what I you know I haven't seen a ton. I mean, Jeff Jeff's probably jumped into you know done a film room on every snap that he played this year or something like that, which I would love to see. Um, it's not as much as what I see as what I see that the Steelers think of him. You know, if that makes sense, it yeah. seems like they're really high on him and. He's the guy that has some potential. Justin Lane, to me, is a guy that's probably not going to be here beyond his rookie contract. He's depth piece, um, doesn't appear to be the next guy or anything like that, which is why I go back to say the, the best cornerback drafted in recent history by the Pittsburgh Steelers is Cam Sutton. Um, and well, Je uh, Jeffrey's dying, so I'm going to let him go. All right. Uh, Justin <laughs> Lane's career and I'll in just, Pittsburgh. I'll just interrupt you in one second, Jeff, Jeffrey. The other Jeff is going to get very upset with me if, if I go too much more, if we go deep, deep, deep down the rabbit holes. So, okay. but, but go for it. I don't want to limit your analysis. I'm just, you, you be the master of your own destiny. Do you, do you want to switch sides and uh, do that to start the second? Or do you want me to oh, go now? Go no, 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 no. Go now. Go now. All right. So uh, two people ruined Justin Lane's career in Pittsburgh. 
One of them is named Minka Fitzpatrick, and the other one is uh oh gosh, I just lost his name. Terrell Austin, our defensive, the guy they added on defense. Mm-hmm. Justin Lane is a perfect fit for what the Steelers wanted to do with Sean Davis. If you look at what Artie Burns, Justin Lane fits that. 2019 draft, the Steelers are looking at Sean Davis as their starting free safety, and they're saying this is the kind of quarterback cornerback that works here, a man cornerback, a guy who's just going to be on an island, be outside there, and just, just be in man defense. The Steelers are trying so hard to be a cover one defensive team, and they bring in Justin Lane to be that guy. Minka Fitzpatrick joins and they're like, who's, who's our free safety? Is it Terrell Edmonds? It's, it's an, a fascinating game to watch is week three of 2019 against San Francisco because they just kept switching Terrell Edmonds and Minka Fitzpatrick. Like who's going to be our cover one safety. Who's going to be our deep cover one zone safety. And the answer was neither of them. Minka isn't that guy. Terrell Edmonds really isn't that guy. Terrell Evans can cover sideline to sideline, but he's not good playing the ball. Minka can play the ball, but he's not a sideline to sideline free safety. Neither of them are Sean Davis. And that defense had to change. And what you saw was, you know, Keith Butler in previous years had problems putting defensive backs in the right position to make plays and play to their strengths. 2019, they didn't have that problem. They solved it. They came up with some incredible, brilliant defensive adjustments to fit everyone playing to their strengths. You see Joe Hayden's numbers take off in that season because they let him play to his strengths and used the players around him to cover for his, and they used him to cover for other people's strengths. And all of a sudden, it doesn't matter if Vince Williams can cover a five-yard out route. It just doesn't matter because Joe Hayden has that. And with all of that system in place, Justin Lane no longer fits. With all of that in place, he just doesn't fit a team that has Minka Fitzpatrick and Terrell Edmonds as safeties across from Joe Hayden or from Steven Nelson. He doesn't really fit. So we're not using him to his strengths because he was drafted to join a team, a defensive back system that no longer exists. So for me, it's not really fair to him, but he's he does it. He's a he's a you know round peg, a square peg in a round hole now. And James Pierre does fit. Mm. James Pierre reminds me a lot of old Joe of uh, uh, Joe Hayden, right? When you take Joe Hayden's limitations now and you put a young man and say he might be able to reach that level where Joe Hayden is kind of now, maybe not quite as good, but he's never going to be what Joe Hayden was in his prime. Joe Hayden in his prime was, was phenomenal. He's a lockdown cornerback on a defense that had nobody else. Uh, but he he's, you know, James Pierre is that guy. He fits the defense better. That's my rabbit hole. That's a rabbit <laughs> That's hole. A That's a fantastic answer is what that is. <laughs> and with that, that wraps up part one of this week's Steelers Touchdown Under, talking present, past, and future. Join us for part two. We're going to go into the – we're going to have Sling and the Slang, a bit of an extended version, so get ready for the laughs there between Dave and Jeff. Um, we're going to talk our next little Steelers Vertex piece. And then, as always, and we're going to keep that really tight, and then – as always, we're going to take a bit of audience Q&A and no doubt there is many questions based on the activity we're seeing in the live chat. So join us for part two. We'll be just right back after the break. If you're on the audio side, flick over to part two. If you listen to part two at the start, flick back to part one when you're done with part two. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did 
to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.